Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming on iTunes and at facebook.com slash DCAU Review. Now, here's today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 24 of the DCAU Review. I am your co-host, Cal, along with me, my good brother, the DCAU Review Twitter guru, <laughs> Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 24 of the DCAU Review. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. We have a uh, sort of one that kind of snuck up on us, but in a good way this time. Yeah, let's. Uh, so today uh, we have See No Evil, uh, which, despite what it sounds like, it's not a scarecrow episode. It's not. I always get used to get confused when the uh, when this title card would come up with this episode. I thought it was a scarecrow episode, uh, but it's not. It is a kind of standalone one shot of a character uh, that they use only one time in the animated series. But uh, we are. We were pleasantly surprised with this episode. Um, I, I can remember we talked about it before we started uh, watching this episode again. That uh, I remember liking this episode, but I was a little bit afraid that this was going to be a Brave New Metropolis situation where it didn't turn out to be as good as I remembered it. Yeah. Uh, but jumping right into our, our scores here, we'll start with plot as we always do. I was floored with how great this episode was from a plot standpoint. Um, and then we'll get to the rest of our scores after this. But the plot itself is a basic plot. Well, it's not ba- – I, I don't want to say that. It's not basic. It deals with an interesting issue, again, for a children's cartoon where you have a dad who is not allowed to see his child. And it's explained throughout the episode that he is an ex-con. He's not a good person. Yeah. And his wife or ex-wife at this point – or soon-to-be ex-wife and child are trying to stay away from him because he's just a not a good person, uh, and he's doing everything he can to try and get custody or come hell or high water of his daughter and win her affections with th- things that he's uh, purloined or stolen from other people. And it's uh, I gotta we we gotta say it's 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 a little creepy at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you don't you don't get the reveal that it's his daughter until uh, you know five would you say five minutes or so? Probably. Into yeah. But uh, once once that's under on, uh, out in the open, there it's a really solid good story. It would be good as a cartoon, as a comic book. Yeah. Um, and I, I think a lot of times that's what translates really well is when something is a good comic book, something that could be both a great episode and also makes you feel like it's a comic book. Of course, it's a little out there having a guy that has an invisibility suit yeah. uh, that allows him to, to to rob banks. But it's a good plot device in this case. They use it effectively. It's not overdone. And uh, it's cool to see Batman have to try and to adapt to, in order to fight this guy that he can't see. Uh, my score for it was nine out of ten, so almost perfect. There are a couple tiny plot holes, which I know you'll you may talk about in just a second. But what was your score for the plot? Yeah, I gave it eight out of ten. Again, really strong. Uh, 
really really well done and uh, the the two kind of minor things that we were talking about before we went on the air were uh, there's there's a moment later in the episode where Batman's telling uh, the mother of this girl the the, the wife Helen uh, about you know her husband's invisibility suit and she immediately like in a fraction of a second realized that that must mean that her daughter's imaginary friend is actually her husband which is true because we saw that at the beginning of the episode that's how we're introduced to the characters he's pretending to be mojo. Uh, the imaginary friend mojo right uh to his daughter and as he, as he's gifting her these things so like that's a little it's it's kind of like a really quick snap uh decision yeah she figures it out very quickly it's she quickly associates mojo the invisible friend with oh that must be my husband sneaking right. in to try and you know kidnap my daughter yeah so that maybe could have been handled a little more delicately or, or a little differently but again it's a minor thing and probably the other one is just the happenstance that the invisibility cloak had been developed with a man who was nearly in business with wayne enterprises but then mister you know died and his assistant had taken over and then batman goes and finds his assistant who uh, and of course it turns out that uh lloyd had also been working for uh for this guy is sort of an errand boy. So it's it, a great villain name though, right? Lloyd Ventrix. Yes. It does feel like a very classic Batman Lloyd villain Ventrix. name. Yeah. Um, Fits very well. But yeah, overall, like I said, eight out of 10, it's really strong, especially I think. And, and again, I think we talked about this. It's, it wouldn't necessarily come to mind when someone asks you to mention the best episodes of this series, but especially in a vacuum, which maybe I think is why it's good to go back what we're doing and, and sort of just rewatch them, is to remember, man, just like as its own thing, it is spectacular. Absolutely, yeah. The, I think also we talked about a little bit in Heart of Ice, and the thing that made that episode so great, and even back going back to Two-Face, is when villains have this sort of side to them, their motivation isn't yeah. just they're evil <laughs> you yeah. know their motivation isn't that just they want to create chaos or they want power but there's this human aspect or this human side of them that you can almost in a small way relate to this guy wants to have a relationship with his daughter yeah he's been identified as somebody that's unhealthy there are plenty of, of parents who are not healthy enough to have relationships yeah. with their children or it's not healthy for the children to have relationships with their parents because of the type of people that the parents are uh so that's understandable but at the end of the day his motivation is simply he wants to have a relationship with his daughter it's all kinds of messed up and he goes yeah. about it in the worst way <laughs> and the most illegal way and his motivation whether it's it's been tainted by the use of this suit or not uh we i mean we hear that he was not a good person before yes. he started using the suit but the suit does also cause some sort of toxicity in it and yeah. can mess with your mind as well as but, your yeah your and, health, that, and that does add a little bit of layer there's a scene uh fairly early on where he confronts his wife while she's getting lunch at a grocery store where she has an hour lunch break, which is BS. <laughs> I knew let you me call tell that. you call all of that. retail that I worked. You don't get hour lunches <laughs> when you work retail. That is not a thing that exists. That's why your score was a little bit lower than yes, mine. I could not. It took me out of my immersion. <laughs> but but uh, within that scene, while she's off getting lunch, he confronts her and he's wearing a nice suit. And he's trying to tell her, you know, things are different he's now. He's got lots of cash. Yes, he's trying to pay for her food and she has some remark about how many 
gas stations did you knock off to pay for this? Right. Or something. So it's clear that, yeah, he was kind of a, a thug or a bum, and he's and he's just, but in, in, again, as you mentioned, in the worst way imaginable is trying to show, no, I've got my life together now, I can pay for things, I can, you know, I can give our daughter a good life now, and right. it's, it's, it is really, really interesting, and it's layered, yeah. as, as you mentioned, which I think, you, you talk about that, why Batman has the best rogues gallery, that's why. Yeah, absolutely. Even in a, in a super, or in a villain that they create, or modify, I'm sure there have been villains with, uh, we didn't do our research on this, whether this guy was used ever in the comics before, uh, but I, I gotta say, more than likely, there's somebody that's had this suit yeah. before. That's not an original idea, but the, the idea of his motivation being his child is is a great great way to to kind of add a layer of interesting, um, you know, just to add a layer to the character itself. Definitely. All right, uh, Liam, let's move on to our next category. Let's talk about music. Um, right off the bat, uh, from the title card sequence, you mentioned that the title card itself is creepy in and of itself. There's yeah. like a doll laying on the ground with an open window and a curtain blowing. Yes. Uh, but the music itself sets the tone at this point. It's very... And then... That very opening scene that's, you know, you see yes. the window opening and, and uh, a voice, a, a deep voice talking to this child in bed is just, it is super creepy. It's, it's kind of a horror movie. Yeah. Like, it's, it's real, yeah, it's real eerie and creepy. And again, at this point, it's just some disembodied voice talking to a little girl. Right. So, yeah, it's really eerie and creepy and it works really well. And uh, you know, you get little elements. You get the, the classic Batman theme comes in towards the end of the episode, but a lot of it is just that underlying music during the the car chase scene near mm-hmm. the end, and the the little bits in between where it's just the uh, you know Lloyd talking to his daughter is it's really well done and it's understated and it doesn't it's not overbearing. It doesn't hey you know it doesn't get in your face, yeah. but it again just adds to that atmosphere of this guy is clearly a little unhinged but his motives aren't necessarily sinister right so and i think the music really does a great job of uh of communicating that but yeah i went uh eight out of ten what about you i gave music a 10 out of 10 that's right absolutely right. first per- perfect score of the episode um yeah, I, I think that it punctuates every scene that it needs to. It even punctuates the scene at the where she goes to lunch. Um, he gives a very uh, stern warning at the end of it. A, a yeah. uh, you know creepy, be careful what you wish for. It's punctuated with that. Um, you know he the scenes uh, with him and his daughter walking, where it's just like you said, a disembodied voice holding or carrying a little girl or holding her. It's punctuated with that, and then you have the scene where he's driving the invisible car around, and they gets on a train <laughs> on the train tracks, and yeah. that's punctuated also by that. Apparently, the train is a great plot device that creates a great opportunity for music in this scene because we <laughs> we talked about it on last week's episode. We talked about it at Christmas with the Joker. Great, great use of music there. But um, I think what stood out to me was also in the very end scene, in the fight scene, uh, the final battle between Batman uh, and the, the Invisible Man under this uh, water tower, mm-hmm. uh, there's almost, I believe there's an absence of music there, which works really well, because all you hear is the sound effects, the the, the water draining out of the, out of the water tower that reveals the Invisible Man to Batman to be able to kind of make it a fair fight yeah. at that point. And uh, I think it would have been very easy for them to over-accentuate that with a lot of, you know... 
strong Batman music. And other than the bat- classic Batman theme maybe punctuating it once, it's it's kind of absent after that. So I, I think in this case it works in spots where they didn't need music. Uh, they also use hmm. that effectively. So because of that, I, I gave it a perfect score of 10 out of 10. Awesome. All right, uh, Liam, let's, uh, let's go next to our visuals and animations. And I think you and I were both impressed uh, with this episode and yeah. uh, what they had to do with this episode, a, a lot of unique things. So obviously you're dealing with a character that's invisible himself, so you have that on a screen and, and you have to communicate to your audience that this person is there, but he's not visible. Yeah. So And this, they didn't go the Batman Beyond route where they kind of just made him transparent, which is yes. what they did. Which, by the way, we, we talked about this before we went on the air. I've seen a fan theory someplace that this is where Batman gets the idea to incorporate this into his the, the Batman Beyond suit. Yeah, and it makes sense with the Wayne Enterprises connection. Sure, absolutely. So, and, and there was plenty of that rolls of that plastic left over. Um, so, yeah, so... But you have this character that isn't there for most of it, but you have to communicate that he is. So they did a lot of cool things uh, with footprints and uh, yeah. even the scene, the initial scene where Batman and him fight, where Batman throws the paint can at him, so you get just kind of a yeah. silhouette of part of him. Uh, what did you think about the, the use of, of, or how to animate, how they chose to animate things that were supposed to be there but not visible? Yeah, it's, uh, I think you covered a lot of it, but that's a really good point because it would be really easy to look silly with yeah. this type of thing. Of Batman just fighting the air and getting his butt kicked. Like, that could look real silly. Um, but it doesn't. It looks cool because of those little those little bits. Like, you see the, the footprints. They even they even kind of justify it. They mention that uh, that he the first time he confronts them, he's in a room with high ceilings. So oh, that was he, really can't, cool too. he can't you know, use echolocation to find him. Too bad about these high ceilings, huh, Batman? I mean, all this lousy echoing kind of makes it hard to get a fix on me, doesn't it? Especially since you wouldn't see me <coughs> if I was standing right next to you. <laughs> see you around, Batman. Too bad you can't say the same. Uh, so they they do a pretty good job and obviously most of that is visual of (laughs) of showing uh, of of showing that and not having it look silly and then towards the end there's this this car chase that he has the car is invisible and then sort of as as they're smashing into trash cans and other things the the material that makes it invisible slowly starts to tear off so like the front half of the car is visible the back half isn't Batman's on top of it you see uh, Lloyd open the door at one point, so you can see the inside of the car when that happens, and then he closes the door, and of course it's gone again. It's like a lot of little things that go into that animation and visuals. And then you got extra things, like a car smashing into a train, and there's a really cool, big, epic explosion. Yeah. As you mentioned, uh, uh, near the end when he, he hits the he throws the throwing stars into the water tower to help him uh, see... Like that's really well done, and yeah. uh, and Bat Batman uh, gets to gets kicks him, but Batman gets to look pretty cool a few times in here. Yeah, when he confront after it looks like uh, Ventrix is about to get away with his daughter, Batman sort of makes a triumphant reappearance and swings down to 
to knock him down, where just his head is visible at that point. So yeah. you see him kick him, and then sort of fly. Just his head flies backwards into a sign, or that something. was a little goofy, but it worked. Yes, <laughs> it worked uh, because of everything else they'd done. So yeah, I gave visuals ten out of ten here. Yeah. So it's it's really well done. It's it's breathtaking visually, and then the final shot of the episode is as the little girl Kimmy is talking to Batman outside of her window. And then you just see Batman on the roof with the the moon behind him and hashtag cape movement. Yeah. And uh, as as he sort of walks away, and uh, it's just it's really good. So it's it's got all the things you mentioned, the Invisible Man stuff. It's got Batman looks cool. He looks like Batman. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really well done. So I had to give it a perfect score. What about you? I also gave it a perfect ten. Yeah, I was. Uh... I already talked about a lot of stuff, so I, I you're right. Batman looks really cool. There's a couple different cool Batman entrances uh, in this episode, and um, you know, the just bit- the part where he throws open the men's bathroom door and <laughs> knocks out a security guard who was waiting to poo. <laughs> that security guard, I remember that scene. That scene stood out to me very quickly. I remember. Oh, this is the one where the security guard has to go so badly, <laughs> and they they intimate that by him biting his lip the second time <laughs> he can't get into the bathroom. <laughs> the bathroom that's so great and that's all he's worried about too there's somebody that's robbing the place of jewelry yeah but he's just cares about getting in the bathroom yeah it's great and one one minor thing for visuals again is there's a scene where he's where he goes to the 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 scientist's uh place of business or Mm -hmm. whatever and is looking through files and it's just him in a room with a flashlight yes and him like going through the, the individual file folders He's holding the flashlight. At one point, he puts the flashlight in his mouth while he's reading. It's just really natural looking. It looks mm-hmm. how, like how someone who was doing that would do that. And, of course, you have the nice lighting effects on his on his cape and his, his cowl. So just really tremendously done all around. Yeah, that scene was, was done really, really well. So uh, both, both of us gave perfect scores for that. Uh, category there. All right, Liam. Let's uh, move on. We have we need some plenty of extra time today because we have a a, ja- a, ja- a jam packed uh, <laughs> cast of voices here. Uh, let's let's talk about one couple of them. We were kind of shocked shocked about. Uh, let's talk about our special guest this week. Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's basically the first voice you hear in the episode is uh, Michael Gross as as Lloyd Ventrix, the Invisible Man. Uh, character actor, he's been in a ton of stuff, uh, does a really great job. Again, there's something eerie and kind of dangerous about him, but he's not doing Saturday morning cartoon or even like network television generic crazy man. Like he's, it's very, it's very understated when he gets mad, he sounds mad, but it's never that over the top. It's creepy, it's creepy sinister, but not creepy cartoony sinister, right? Correct. And then we have a... Uh, someone who you probably know the name of at least, and if you Google it, you'll definitely know her. Elizabeth Moss, yeah, as a young as a young actress, played Kimmy, the little girl. She, Hands, Handmaid's Tale, uh, Mad Men, yes. West Wing. Uh, she's she's tremendous Nick, as Tom a, Cruise's girlfriend, I think. Yeah, sure, I think. Was that Kate Moss? No, that was definitely okay. Well, definitely Elizabeth Moss. She's definitely. I guess a Scient- the Moss is. She's definitely a Scientologist. <laughs> anyway, Scientology uh, is tight. <laughs> 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 but uh, definitely not making fun of Scientology. Nope. Um, 
Definitely and, not. Anyway, uh, but uh, Elizabeth Moss plays uh, plays Kimmy, the little girl, and she's very, very good. Again, we talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago with I've Got Batman in My Basement, where the one of the stronger points of that episode was the child actors. They didn't cast, you know, the producer's stepson right. or stepdaughter in the role. Like, these are professional actors who just happen to be children. Right. Um, and we also have uh, Jean Smart as Helen, the wife. She did a great job. I thought she was fantastic. She's absolutely great. One of the single best voice performances I think we've seen, at least from a voice uh, or a guest voice actor so far. She communicates just that that panicked like mom that cares about her daughter so well. It just absolutely. comes off as very authentic. Absolutely. And and one final little note, there's a scientist in the Wayne Enterprise scene. <laughs> and what, before you reveal this, you this was this was like Christmas morning for you when I you found so this. I was so happy. This is this is one of the coolest things I've seen so you far. You exclaimed when you found out yes. who this was. <laughs> I made a very weird noise, but <laughs> Uh, Dick Urban plays a scientist named, uh, they just give his last name as Elliot, who is sort of explaining the backstory of the invisibility cloak to He's Bruce in the Wayne. scene with, with Lucius Fox. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, uh, he's played by a man, uh, an, ol- an older gentleman a- actor named Dick Erdman, who played Leonard on Community, which is my favorite television show <laughs> of all time. Leonard, one of the best characters on that show, of the background characters between he- Leonard, Magnitude, uh, those types of characters, those background wacky characters that exist. He's just this old man who always says funny stuff at a community college. And they say, shut up, Leonard. Yeah, and then they all say, shut up, Leonard, and you know some uh, other little quip at the end there. Uh, one of the most memorable parts of that show for me. So when I, when I saw Dick Erdman, I googled that name to do my research before we started re- recording here, and I saw the picture of Leonard from Community. I was so happy. It was a, it was a huge pop, as they would say, yes, on your sir. podcast. Yes, sir. So, but again, just top top to bottom here, uh, tremendous voice acting. Um, and you, the funny thing is, okay, you mentioned this before we went on, is that with the exception of Kevin Conroy and maybe a we maybe heard Bob Hastings and yeah, a minor, be uncredited but uncredited yes. Bob Hastings as the the security guard that needed to poo um, <laughs> everybody else is a guest actor correct and i think that's where you got to give a lot of credit to we haven't talked about her much but i think anybody who listens to this probably knows where i'm going andrea romano who's the voice uh, director for all of these shows yep. did most of the casting and then did the directing for them while they were recording their lines as well such a phenomenal job and such uh, you know it's as much as it has been talked about you know Bruce Tim Eric Adamski uh, Paul Dini they all always you know put her over they always talk <laughs> about how how great she was and how instrumental she was but i really think you can't understate how great Andrea Romano was at her job uh, so if we haven't mentioned scores yet i gave i gave voice acting another 10 out of 10 here yeah um, I also, for all those reasons and just the amazing performances uh, by each person this week, it it felt 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 perfect. So I went ahead and gave it a perfect ten. Yeah, and even Batman, like he has a couple lines where if it weren't Kevin Conroy, you may have rolled your eyes. Like when when he's Invisible Man's like, "We're gonna get away," basically, and and Batman goes, "Not in this lifetime, pal." Or at the, his very last line where he says, uh, get ready for your greatest disappearing act, the yes. time where you, people don't sue you for 10 to 20 years. Kevin, it's, it's a little quippy. But Batman says the word peekaboo at one point to the Invisible Man and then is, punches him in the face and it's freaking awesome. It is really, really great. Yeah, so just, yeah. This, peekaboo. Again, obviously, it's not breaking news to say Kevin Conroy is great, but yeah, you combine that with also what was, I'm sure, a lot of work to cast 
almost an entirely you know not none of your, none of the usual suspects are here, and they right. knocked it out of the park on every single one. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. All right, William. So uh, that will bring us to our final scores. Uh, my final score is thirty nine out of forty, which wow. makes this uh, sitting just behind Heart of Ice. Uh, wow, almost almost perfect. Uh, I, I think the plot, like we talked about, one or two tiny plot holes kept it from being a perfect forty out of forty. But yeah, thirty nine out of forty for me. Uh, what about you? Uh, I'm I'm pretty close with you there. Shockingly, I no. know, but uh, I gave it thirty six out of forty. Definitely one of my highest rated as well. Uh, yeah. It's right up there. Um, we and we can kind of guess jump into here our talk about the rewatchability of this because I got to be honest, coming into this. This, what we talked about last week of hey, if someone asked, hey, can I skip a few here and there? Right. This probably would have been one I would have looked. I would have just looked at and go, eh, you can probably skip that. But now I would tell everybody because I just rewatched this and and you know watched it more analytically, more critically. It's like this is one of the best of the whole series, maybe. Absolutely, yeah. I I, I think when it, I mean score wise, this is the the highest rated, just behind. Uh, Heart of Ice, and uh, I mean, this ranks higher score-wise than I gave for Mask of the Phantasm. Almost, I mean, every other episode, it's the yeah. second highest that, that I've ranked, so that tells you right there. It's it's just really good. And yeah. it, the funny, I mean, it doesn't have a whole ton of Batman in it either. Um, so, you know, we go back yeah. to we go back to the consistency of that, that your episodes don't always have to have you know, 17 minutes of Batman or, or right. even 15 minutes of Batman. It's a little bit of Batman. He does a little bit of detective work, uh, but the story itself and the motivation of your antagonist uh, does does a really, really good job of making this episode really good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, William. Uh, well, I guess that brings us to the end of our episode this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another edition of the DCAU Review. Uh, whether you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, if you do listen to us on iTunes, do us a favor. Drop us a review uh, of five stars or so. That helps us a lot. That gets us some more ears on the product. Uh, if you don't mind, and then if you listen to us on Android, you can check us out on Google Podcasts. Subscribe to us, and you'll get your, your brand-new episodes downloaded automatically when they premiere Saturdays at 10 a.m., uh, you can also nine always, central nine central. That's right, and uh, always you can always stream every episode. If you don't want to go through that, you can go through uh, the, our website dcaureview.com. Uh, you can break it down by category. You can find episodes by uh, which series: Superman, Batman. You can even go as far as uh, villains and break it down that way. But uh, go back and listen to the archive there, and uh, our scores are always listed there as well. Uh, Liam, why don't you tell the good people at home where they can interact with us if they'd love to give us some feedback? Maybe tell us that we're way off base with this episode. Yeah, you can. Uh, if you'd like to be wrong, you can. Uh, <laughs> you can head to twitter.com, which is of course a free website. A free website. Uh, you can find us at DCAU Review on Twitter. Uh, love talking to people. It's a great community. We always talk about that, and it's because it's true. And, it is uh, true. So yeah, if you have any opinions, uh, right or wrong uh, opinions <laughs> to, to share with us, L- always love hearing. Always love hearing them. Love talking about this stuff. So definitely check us out there. Where Liam? Now, if they wanted to go the Facebook route, mm. what would you tell somebody? 
Well, I'd tell them that Mark Zuckerberg is an unfeeling, some sort of hybrid between an alien lizard person and also a robot. I don't know if that species exists. I'm not a Star Trek guy. But if there's a half-robot, half-lizard person species, that's what Mark Zuckerberg is. And he and that species of thing believes that you should pay to interact with the people that want to listen to your show. Okay. And we don't really believe in that no, here. I'd really... So if you'd like to follow us at facebook.com slash review, we're there, and we'll post new episodes there. But it probably won't show up in your, in your news feed because their algorithm are based on who paid the most money to be at the top of your of your newsfeed. And we refuse to give in to terrorist demands. That's correct. Alright, so yeah, check us out on there, like us if you'd like to, but it's going to be hard to find our stuff unless you're really, really looking for it. Absolutely. Alright, well, I guess that about wraps this episode of the DCAU Review up. I am Cal. And I'm Liam. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>